you know, yeah. the usual. It's been like June gloom every day here, but it's not June. Now I'm just doing it to trick people, whoever's listening. <laughs> yeah, now it's just you confusing. You have no idea what day or month it is. No, it's, it's just been gloomy well past June, and I'm... I can't anymore. I mean, look, there's supposed to be a couple hundred degree days later this week, so I should stop complaining right now. Yeah, definitely. That's that's not going to be good. But it's so hard for me to get up in the morning, and I want to be a morning person. I think I'm like a middle-of-the-day person. <laughs> yeah. I just – I don't do morning and I don't do late nights, which is hard because I can't spend that much of my life asleep. <laughs> I yeah, want to. Sleep is really good for you. I love sleeping so much, Me too. but when it's gloomy, I can't get up and it's not fun. So I struggled this morning a little bit and um, I won't lie. I'm going to, again, I'm going to reveal timelines. It's the 4th of July today and I legitimately do not care. I just. Oh, I don't it, either. I just don't. I And I love meat and I love. Well, I'm getting a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. You're on it. I mean, I think I'm going to try and enjoy the things that are i don't know traditions but ugh. also fireworks scare me more than they scare my dog so i usually just end up feeling like a big old baby by the end of the night because la loves its fireworks yeah they do yeah they do so it's fine it's fine i'm fine how are you like it's fine it's fine um i'm hot like i'm just hot all the time and i'm currently recording this in my underwear hell yeah yesterday i went to a starbucks and it was so air it was california la style air conditioned and that it was freezing too cold yeah no it wasn't i was sitting there like i actually got a little cold and i was like this is amazing i can't remember the last time I've been kind of cold because it's just like in Paris, there's no air conditioning anywhere. And I know, God, like, but when you're used to air conditioning, it's hard to adjust back to no air conditioning. And like, I don't have a car. So, you know, in L.A., you would get in your car and Mm -hmm. you would have that sweet, sweet air conditioning in the car. No. Yeah. So there's never a reprieve. It's just sitting in front of a fan hoping you stop sweating. Well, and you can't really, like, I guess you could go to a movie, but. And they're not even that air conditioned at the movies here. Oh, no. One time my friend Lindsay and I. Hi, Lindsay. She listens to this podcast. Hey, Lindsay. Um, we, we went to a movie. We went and saw Bridesmaids back in Paris in, like, 2011. And it was packed full. And their air conditioning was broken or wasn't working or do, they don't have it. And we were literally drenched in sweat, laughing to bridesmaids, just like looking at each other like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, oh, yeah. So, you know, when you go to the movies, you think, okay, I'm going to be blasted with the AC. I'm bringing a sweater. No, not here. They just like don't believe in air conditioning here. I mean, I guess that's like good for the environment. I feel like maybe AC is probably it's probably not that much, though. See, the thing is, though, I would say it's like a green thing. But when it's yeah. winter and it's cold a lot of the time here, yeah. those heaters are blasting so hard that it's not. So I don't think that it's like a Paris is trying to be green. I get. Yeah, I guess heaters typically use gas, right? Yeah, but still. I'm just trying to figure out. Fuel. Like, Yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, is it actually less for a heater? 
less electricity and less oh that i don't i don't know yeah right like maybe ac actually is because i know that in the summer in la they issue warnings to leave your air conditioning units to like 78 oh yeah and put it on the econ mode and like they're basically like if everyone runs their ac we're gonna have blackouts and so part of me and also it's just not good for the environment but when it's winter and everyone's running their heaters using like the gas pilot light there's no warnings being like don't run your heater all day you better freeze so no but heaters are most heaters are run by electricity oh ours isn't we have like a wall ours is gas our electric our gas bill goes up in the winter oh no well not here not in paris it's it's electricity it's like plugged in like okay like a heat like a unit Anyway, this has been Jessica and Jamie talking about (laughs) winter and summer electric bills. I know you guys are all wondering how this was happening. I know we're, um, this is, but this really gives an insight into what you and I talk about. This is a pretty typical, Yeah, we're just trying to work through some like economics (laughs) and and some environmental, oh my God, we're ridiculous. This is really pulling the veil back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway. Do we want to segue into highs and lows now? We do. We do. Okay. All right. Okay. It's time for our highs and lows. Highs and highs lows. And lows. Highs, highs and lows. lows. We can't sync up on it. I We did last time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I had my elbows up. I was throwing bows. I just did um, head nod because I don't want to sweat. That's fine. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Who goes first this time? I think me, but I don't know. After you. Okay. So even though last week my my high was a show, this week my high is a show again. I got a text that someone really loved your show recommendations. So not that you should keep doing it, but don't feel bad about doing it. I wasn't, so I'm glad. Perfect. But, um... So I watched the first six episodes of Dietland um, on AMC, and I sprung for the season pass on Amazon. That's how much I was ready to see this show, because I heard so many good things. In my, like, body positive, fat positive groups, people were, like, really into this show. So I was like, okay, all right, I can get into this. It is so amazing. Like, I don't know how this show got created i don't know how it exists because it's so it's so good and like so progressive um so if you were on the fence about Dietland, please please watch it and it has just like brought i watched the sixth episode the most recent episode today and i was just like oh my god this is like revolutionary i can't believe this show exists so that's great yeah, I hadn't even heard of it, so I'm going to run and check it out because Superstore was an A-plus recommendation. Oh, don't I know it. It's my favorite. That's one of my other favorite shows. So, um, and then I have another high because it relates to work. Um, this has been a very strange phenomenon, and I'm on a streak with it in that the past few times that I've sent work to my clients, like a homepage mock-up or a logo or something, they've had no changes. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's a new level of like expertise that I'm at. And not to say that I wasn't, I didn't have that expertise, but like I'm in a zone 
And like I've just been getting like one of my clients just I sent her the homepage mock-up and she was like, I don't understand, but I have no changes. And I was like, that's that's bananas because that never happens. Yeah. So that has felt really good. And it makes me feel like, okay, I'm really sinking into doing some really good work for my clients. And like, um, I also have really dove into this idea that like, I am like kind of intuitive with my design. So mm-hmm. instead of being like, I have technical skill, which I do have technical skill, I've also allowed this mindset to be like, I can really intuit what people want. And because of that, I think I've been in a good positive state of mind with it. So that's been cool. And then my low is really honestly not much lows lately, which is great. It's really just I and we don't have to go back to the air conditioning conversation, but I just (laughs) I have a really hard time being hot. I don't like it. I get very uncomfortable. I'm not a person that loves summer, so it's not like when it's winter, I can't wait for it to be like warm. I'm not like that. I'm not a hypocrite. I actually don't like summer, like how hot it is. So um, I'm just, you know, living on brand right now. You can't rip your skin off to get cooler. So no, you can always add more layers. It makes sense. Yeah, I'm just hot all the time, so that's not yeah. fun. I guess. Okay, so you go now. Okay, I go now. Um, you go my, now. <laughs> I go now. My, I don't, that's not funny. It's funny to us. Um, I would say my high is, um, oh, God, I have a couple highs this week. Go for it. So one is my mom is back in town, and her she's like yeah hi mom and she's like completely cleared to do everything like her shoulders healing right everything's in place she's been doing physical therapy the doctor was like get in a car lift heavy shit like go sweet and so she just ran right out of the office and I was like wait (laughs) I'm still here (laughs) um that's not what happened so we so we that was awesome um and really good news and she's like definitely 100% back to her old self so um I'm pumped and last night we watched Lady Bird this is my other high look Lady Bird was fine it was I get fine. that people had a deep emotional connection to it I pretty much just felt like I watched a documentary about my life mm-hmm. and all of the dumb things that those two girls were like laughing about the entire time Jamie I just was like what this was us I mean not at Catholic school but like laughing hysterically over nonsensical things is such a teenager it just was nice to be like oh that's a normal experience that people have I guess yes I I thought it was fine I didn't it was fine I was not moved but no I mean and I feel like for me yeah like I mean that's pretty much the exact relationship my mom and I had yeah which was. was nice watching it and not feeling like resentment or something or like hating that mom and just feeling bad for that mom because teenagers don't know what the hell they're doing that movie was fine um it was just cool watching it with my mom I think because we had the same exact experience as the people on the tv yeah I think we're just starved for female representation and like female stories that it's just like if it exists we're just parched in the desert yeah and I do understand people like 
I get the nostalgia factor. I think part of it for me is that like I just hate everything that Danville stands for and in no way would I ever romanticize it. And I know maybe <laughs> you feel differently, but like I can I understand and see the like, oh, let's romanticize like Sacramento, this city that is very much not romantic. But like I don't. Yes, it made me who I am, but like that would be like romanticizing my abusers. Like I'm out, pass. Yeah. No, don't want it. Nice sunsets. That's about it. Um. So, anyway, it was just it was fun watching it with my mom, though. I think, and also being reminded of us having like the most absurd inside jokes and finding like that cheese scene. Spoiler: There's a scene with cheese. Um. Where they're like, we ate all the cheese. It's okay. It was a small cheese. And we're like laughing so hard. I was like, oh, that's like when I was on the phone with Jamie and I was laying under the coffee table. And for some reason, me laying under a coffee table was the funniest thing to you and I. And it we, became we like an inside joke. Yeah. For like too long. Like I was crying hysterically. It's not funny. What is wrong with teenagers? Yeah. I. Yeah. 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 I don't understand yeah. teenagers, and we yeah. were one. We were them. Yep. Yep. So anyway, that was cool. And then my third – I know I got a lot of highs. And my third high is um, I haven't gotten, like, a callback for any of the jobs I've applied to, which is fine. It's only been, like, two weeks. But um, there are a couple, like, friend recommendations that have happened and, like, quick side gigs that have come in, which is, like – it helps like every little bit that I can work especially continuing to do photography is like wonderful and joyful that's awesome and perfect so I've had a couple things come in it does feel like a little overwhelming I know we talked about the hustle and how hard that can be and it definitely feels like I have 10 projects going on right now even though all of them are fairly small um so I've tackled a bunch of them like immediately and everyone's been very confused about how fast I work. <laughs> I'm just, I'm doing it for my sanity so I get it off my plate. Um, but it's been nice knowing that my network is filled with people who want to help me and see me succeed. That is. Yeah. Great. Yeah, my low. Um, I think my low is probably just feeling not good enough I think the process of applying for jobs leaves you feeling like if people don't call you back you're not a viable candidate which is not at all true they're probably just getting like a hundred resumes sent to them mm -hmm. um, but it does definitely trigger my imposter syndrome um, or feel like maybe I waited too long or like did I make the wrong life choice which I didn't I've been doing freelance for five years and it feels really awesome to be able to say that. So yeah, just kind of moving through those insecure feelings has been hard. And I think the big life changes have been hard. Um, so I, my husband and I started going back to therapy just cause it's like a rough time and I want to make sure we can talk it out in a safe space. Um, but also, we've been doing really good talking about it on our own. So our therapist was like, why are you here? So it was cool. It's like a high-low combo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been hard. And oh, and then a, a segue low is I'm chasing down money right now from mm -hmm. some side gigs that I did a couple months ago when I foresaw this dry spell slash need to get a full-time job. And they still haven't paid me. And now I'm dealing with their... um 
accounting departments, which is like the last people I want to deal with in the entire world. So, whew, chasing down money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on this week's episode of Feeling Feelings, we discuss getting paid. Yeah. So this episode, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into our feelings as we always do, but I think it's going to be pretty practical as well. And it's fun because we haven't we haven't done that as an episode on its own. So this will be cool. We're going to like share our actual tips and tricks for, you know, getting paid, just running a business in general and like, you know, having money, getting money. Yeah. And I think we'll probably share, like I just did, some some anecdotes. But I'm not going to, like, name brand names. I like working with all the brands I've worked with. Sometimes there's just some issues when it comes to payments on time. Um, but yeah. I definitely, we're not going to, like, be throwing any clients under the bus because that's not fair. And that's also mostly never on them. There's a lot of bureaucracy, even if it is frustrating. Yeah. chase down money and this was um a topic suggested in our facebook group by krista hi krista um, hi krista and we so as you can tell we take your suggestions seriously and we love to it's really cool to have heard you know feedback on what people want to hear so and some of the questions we're answering are her questions so um this will be fun we're gonna get into yes. it i'm excited me too Okay, getting paid. So <laughs> I guess the first thing is, I mean, you and I get paid in different ways because you work with brands and I yeah. tend to work with like solopreneurs or small businesses. Um, but I used to write freelance and part of the reason right now that I don't write freelance anymore was because of this like bullshit net 60 and net 90 that I was just like, and it was like, it would be net 60 from when it was published. And then if it was published or um, when it was going to be published, I never knew. And I was just like, this is the most stressful thing to like the most stressful way to make like $500 three months from now. I I can't deal with that. So this actually getting paid and dealing with getting paid is a big reason why I now I went back to owning my own business and you know primarily working with solopreneurs and small businesses um, as Shatterbox because I was just like I need to be really intentional about the money aspect like the work is one thing but there's also a money aspect here and I don't really enjoy um, having that uncertainty and dealing with that bureaucracy because like there's also one time I worked with a client many years ago and they were a very very big corporation and they hired me to redesign their blog and it was just mayhem like they needed so many revisions everyone on the team had a different say it it I was like the money is pretty good, but it's not worth it. So there's a lot to take into account when it comes to this topic of like, how do you get paid and what are your rates and things like that? Um, especially when you do have to depend on other people, it's much different to just, you know, your paycheck gets direct deposited into your account every two weeks or every month. 
Yeah. Well, and for me, I it, it's definitely pretty different from yours, not only because I typically only work with large corporations, but I also have an agent. Yeah. Um, so everything, all, almost everything, at least the large um, uh, jobs, goes through my agency um, and goes through my agent because he takes a cut. That's pretty standard for an agent. And then he pays me out. The nice thing about it is when it comes to tax season, I just get a document from him. That's the majority of my work. Um, I think this year that will be different. Like I said, I am doing a lot more small side gigs. Um, and so I have to keep really good track of all of that income in order to um, report it for my taxes. Um, but for a while it was really nice because I just had one, one and maybe like two other small things that were over $600 that I had to deal with. Um, and in having an agent, because he takes a cut, um, he usually chases down the money, which is cool because I can message him and be like, I'm not okay. <laughs> and be like really blunt about what's going on. As opposed to with like a client, I can't do that. I can't be like, yeah. I'm putting everything on my credit card. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that to my agent and kind of light a fire under his butt to like, go full-blown nuclear on a client who's maybe reaching 60 or 90 days past um, past due. So for the most part, I get paid through my agent, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, that's a nice buffer to keep yourself from having to like interface too much with the clients when it comes to the business side. And I used to have, for a few years, I had a business partner who was also um, you know, one of my best friends. Hi, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Um, <laughs> um, she was helping me. I mean, she was running the business, not even helping me. And so she would like do a lot of the invoicing. So it was a nice separation. Um, but I just, I think like I really had to lean into why does this make me so uncomfortable to like ask for money that I'm owed? Like I'm very transparent. They know when payments are due. Everybody knows all the things. And yet I still have, like I still get uncomfortable. Well, not anymore because I really, I interrogated that feeling because I think we all, um, if we are interfacing directly with a client, it does, it can get really uncomfortable. And I was just like, First of all, I think this is a gendered thing. I mean, I would, I know mm. it is. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, like, I think that as a woman, I'm like very uncomfortable asking for what money is owed to me. Maybe because I just like, you know, growing up, it's not as money centric for women. Um, it's, you know, men kind of grow up in the atmosphere of like wanting money, valuing money being told to value money, all of that. Whereas women, it's like there's a different value system, which we can get into in another episode. But Well, and I, I, just to add to that, I also think we grew up, I mean, the 80s were so long ago and it kind of blows my mind that that's like 30 years ago was the 80s. But like things have shifted so intensely in that 30 year period when it comes yeah. to societal norms, especially on like, you know, more in more major metropolitan cities. So I think probably younger people listening to this will have benefited from that maybe more balanced approach. Um, But we kind of got stuck in that tail end of like a little bit of a gendered um, money situation. Yeah. And I think just in general, it's 
we like I mean okay I'll just talk to my about myself but I tend yeah. to you know like I get I'm friendly and like I like I like my clients and I used to have a very hard time like kind of separating it and saying your invoices do or this and that but whenever that comes up if like a little feeling like that comes up I just like push it aside and like get into more professional place yeah and I'm like this is how a business owner like I don't think of myself as like I'm just a little freelancer who kind of needs to get paid (laughs) I'm like I'm a fucking business owner totally I I like run a six-figure business fuck it like I need my money and so there's like I have to get I don't say that to my client obviously but I say that to myself where I'm like I need to embody that um because otherwise I'll feel like I'm being taken advantage of when really I'm allowing myself to like feel that I'm being taken advantage of but you have to like set the boundaries. Um, and I think that's really important. Uh, Do you find that your language changes um, during that that kind of approach as opposed to when you're in the collaborative creative stage? Oh yeah. And I try to, you know, I don't like go to, you know, like closed buttoned up about it, but I yeah. do say like, as per our contract, Payment number two is due once the mock-ups are completed. And if you sign up on the mock-ups, then I'm going to send over the invoice. Like, it's just like that. You know, it's not, I'm not like apologizing, you know, in my languaging, even though I used to do that. It used to be like, "Uh, uh, uh, I'm sorry for um, asking for the payment that, you know, and it's like. Yeah. And I, you know, with deposits, that's a big thing. Do you take deposits? That's a great question. Um, I do not. The only, so there are some clients, I think, again, I have an agent, so a lot of stuff is just taken care of through them. I think if it's over a certain amount with a large um, campaign, yes. So if it's like in the six figures, um, we require a deposit, uh, mostly because production costs up front will exist meaning we'll have to pay models we'll have to buy wardrobe we'll need to buy props um and so we require at that point 50 percent up front um the other thing is if it's a smaller job and there will be model fees for example we require those fees to be covered immediately because we can't pay um any contractors any subcontractors after the fact that's no longer legal in california you can be sued for doing that um just as a heads up everyone yeah do not pay your model later like it doesn't matter if my bank account is sad i need to be venmoing someone a hundred dollars on the spot um so if for some reason the client is uncomfortable with that um the agency will pay that and not eat the cost obviously they'll get paid that back um, once the payment comes through but I don't personally have to eat that cost which is again another benefit of having an agent Um, it yeah it entirely depends basically and it's sometimes clients just won't do it and it's definitely a bummer and frustrating Um, I wish we took deposits on every job that we did but yeah sometimes we're going through advertising companies and they're like we don't we that's not a thing like we don't have the system built to do that so um we do what we can it definitely is is dependent on what it is we're doing yeah that makes sense i do a deposit on everything it's typically 50 percent of the project total or it's and i don't do anything hourly really unless it's like an existing client that needs something done 
I don't do any hourly projects because I think doing hourly work is um, like opening up to people being like, well, how did you do that much in this much time? Like totally. I just would rather say, here's the cost of the project that you're asking for. If you want to add anything on, I'm either going to quote it based on that project or I'm going to tell you exactly how many hours it is. I work with a woman who does some development work for me, like if I need Mm -hmm. some ultra technical stuff. And I love how, so she does hourly, but if she says it's going to be two hours, even if she goes over, she still like bills me for two hours, which I think is like really top notch because I don't typically like hourly work because it does, it just leaves that thing open where people can and I know how that feels as someone who yeah. would pay someone hourly I would rather just know how much it's going to be like I once one time I hired someone to do something I think like an accountant or something and they just like sent me this astronomical bill and I was like this is fucked up I don't like this like I don't like not knowing so now I always ask and I say like can you put that in writing as yeah. that's what you're going to do and if you're going to go over that amount you need to ask me for approval um smart but for my work I just don't do hourly unless it's a like someone's on a retainer for a certain number of hours per month but any even for that if it's a retainer I get a deposit of the first month because one time, and I could throw this client under the bus. She's an ex-client. She's currently being sued by four people. Wow. Um, one of which is not me because I didn't want to deal with that, but she's being sued by four other vendors. Um, she owed me at one point, let's throw the numbers out. She was on a very big contract. I allowed her to not give me a deposit the first time ever. And I was like, excited about the job so I let it go never again she never paid me and she sent me once a check for $33,000 that bounced no yes I was like that is so fucked up my god am I grateful to have an agent (laughs) oh yeah that was a that was a hard time so that actually was my so that's one of the questions wait oh Chris didn't ask that question well we asked that question about the deposits about (laughs) we asked that to ourselves we asked ourselves what do we do (laughs) yes um and very into the deposit it also just like provides accountability on both sides i mean the thing that's different is that you working with agencies they're like i mean if you work with a huge company that's Mm -hmm. public I mean, it's very, it's unlikely that they're going to like ghost on you. Yeah, I've never had, um, I've had things go unpaid for a very long time, like too painfully long, but they've always been settled. At this point, five years in, I've never had a client who was a company commission me for photo work, have me post that photo work or they use it and then not pay. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty grateful that that's been my experience and I totally understand that that's not normal I've definitely had brands take my photos and post them as if I made them for them and then when I build them basically tell me to fuck up or to fuck off which Herschel Supply Company calling you out on that right now (laughs) um sorry I hate them that they did that for a really long time to people and 
I can't with that. And also, I, look, I won't throw the other brands under the bus, but if you are trying to work with influencers, guess what? A suitcase can't pay my rent or for my health insurance. And it is such an insult to have someone ask me to sign an NDA and tell me about this amazing project and for me to give them my rate and them to be like, oh no, we think our product is valuable enough for whatever, for payment, basically. I mean, Jess, Not I that anyone have... who's listening is doing that. But... No, but we could have a whole episode about influencers, but I don't want to. Not we that could. I'm... Let's. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not <sighs> saying like there's anything wrong with being an influencer, but it's it's a very strange ecosystem that has happened where it's definitely like that free product for promotion. It's like it's so valued to be an Im- influencer, but also so undervalued that it's like, yeah. It's almost like the whole industry is like being gaslit. It's very crazy. Very it really weird. is. Speaking of value, um, how I don't think that we actually fully address this, but how do you decide your rate? So initially, well, it comes from an hourly rate of how much time I think that it'll take to do. So I like my proposals. They're always line itemed out. So like homepage, custom pages, this add-on, this add-on. And I have devised the numbers from an hourly rate, which was devised by how much I wanted to make per year. So I did like the math backwards. I was like, okay, if I wanna make X amount per year and I wanna work 40 hours around that, how much do I need to charge as an hourly rate? And then it's just like a project rate I don't really, I mean, it doesn't hold to that. It's just was yeah. my estimate to start. Cause I was like, initially when I started making my rates, I was just like shooting in the dark, but also mm-hmm. like creative services are very strange because they're hard to price. There's no real industry standard. Like, is there an industry standard with you? Um, I think that there are not industry standards, but there's like definitely a general... I mean, it depends. If you're talking the influencer work, no, everything's out the window. Nothing matters. And I think my agency, because it was one of the first ones that came onto the scene when advertising on Instagram became big, we tried to set the industry standard and we tried to set it very high, which dear influencers, you screwed us. Thank you. So (laughs) we were trying to help you, goddammit. So we set a very, very, very high industry standard. It was comparable to commercial photography because we also are an extremely creative agency um a lot of what we do is less about you know the like lifestyle work and more polished traditional commercial work um so yeah the i think looking at the commercial rates that's where my agent came in because that's his background he he worked for an advertising agency so he definitely set competitive rates that were comparable to traditional commercial work that just were just a little lower because again it was like social media and nobody really knew what they were doing five years ago um at this point i would say my rate is probably astronomically high compared to traditional influencer rates today i don't really care (laughs) but also my work is worth it different I mean, you 
you also have like a you're also a commercial photographer whereas yeah. influencers i mean more i feel like the term influencer is now for people who get paid like in some way to promote a product to their yeah. audience totally whereas, which like, i still not, do heavily yeah but it's not like everything that no. you do so no true so i've had to um i mean the next question that krista asked was like how do you set your rates and then keep them without sliding into giving discounts um which is a great idea like a, that's such a good question for me i mean i know what my day rate is and similar to jamie i don't have an hourly fee it's a day rate it could take me three days to do the shoot but it's a day rate in theory we usually tell them how many days it will take um Anyway, um, if it's a client that I really, really, really want to work with and their budget can't match my rate, we totally will meet them either somewhere in the middle or I'll come down. Um, and I have definitely lowered my rate in the hope that I would get repeat work. And I think that's only happened twice. Um, I, I do it anyway, because I think for me, building my portfolio, getting my hands dirty, taking photographs that are challenging me creatively, um, getting paid, like being able to just pay my bills. I, I think there's a balance between not saying, being in a position where you can't say no to anything and then also being in a position where you can confidently ask for more knowing who the client is um, and just saying like, come on now. Um, but I try, we just try and do it within reason, right? I think it depends on what the project is. Um, if I'm traveling, if it's something where, for example, someone is sending me to Frankfurt, um, I know that they're going to have more costs on their end. And so I'm going to take less money. And I'm okay with that, too, because I get a cool experience. You know, I get a per diem. They usually let me stay in whatever destination longer um, and will fly me back whenever I want to come back. So, yeah, it, it entirely depends. Um, but I do think it can be a slippery slope that leads your rate to just continually being lowered, which is something that I'm currently experiencing. I think I know what my day rate is, but I haven't been paid that in a very long time now. So um, it you got to ebb and flow with the industry, too. Yeah, I kind of I so I'm not in the business of giving discounts too often, <laughs> even to friends. Um, I've done that in the past and the project always ends up being something I resent because yeah. they they don't take it as seriously. Because like one of the things that I feel like with my rates is if you're going to take yourself seriously, I'm going to take you seriously. And that's what you're paying for. And I don't, I like if I, I look at my bank and I mean, this hasn't happened in a long time where like I really need the money so I'll take anything. Um, but I used to like, okay, I can ask what their budget is and like create a package based on that. I've done that in the past, but my new thing that I do, and this was advice from one of my friends, Ash Amberjay, who runs a very amazing company called The Middle Finger Project. And um, she's amazing and gives amazing business advice. She said, like, the first tactic when someone is like waffling isn't to lower your rates, it's to offer better payment terms. So mm -hmm. can you give, can you like split it up into payments? Or is there a way to, um, 
allow them like more flexibility when it comes to how they pay or anything like that. Um, and that has actually worked a lot better. Whereas, you know, in the past, maybe I've done like, okay, it's 50-50, like a 50% deposit, 50% upon completion. But now I'm doing with larger prop projects, I'm doing four payments. And so I actually like that because th then it's like, there's more money coming in in a consistent way as opposed to, and that works better for my clients and they feel better about what they're putting out there and what they're paying um, instead of being like, well, let me lower this because I actually feel like sometimes that is a little bit of like a desperation. I think like my philosophy yeah, is fair. that even if you're desperate, never act desperate. <laughs> like my mom always tells me this and she like, she, even if she's so desperate, she always gives off this like, I'm not desperate at all. And like, you need this. And I have like really instilled that because I think people like recoil from this, from the smell of desperation. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, if this person's desperate, this is their mindset. I'm not saying this is true. This is people's mindset that if they're desperate and they're not doing well, it might not mean like they don't see that same value because people are very, very influenced by that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I always think about that where it's like, how am I being perceived and make sure that I don't like rush to lowering the price um, if it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I'm in a situation where I'm like, well, now I'm not getting paid what I think that I should have been getting paid. Yeah. I got to have a sit down with your mom. Oh, we all do. I know. She needs to life coach uh, us all. Hi, mom. Right. Hey. <laughs> um, do you have a late payment fee? No, I used to. Mm. I used what to. What change? Um, I, I hated implementing it. Mm. And I know that's like. Yeah, I mean, then you're really the bad guy. The thing is, though, is that what I found is that when someone's late, they're either never going to pay yeah, <laughs> or like yeah. they're just going to pay when they pay. And I, I could get extra money out of it, but usually that like really sours the situation and I just want less stress. And actually, like you were saying you've never had a not a non-payment. Yeah, I in the nine years that I've been in business, I've had it so rarely, and usually it's like someone went off the grid or they like you know missed their last payment or something or, and it's yeah like they're not okay probably yeah, and yeah. for me I'm like okay I know that there's I don't want to be taken advantage of of course, yeah. but I also want humanity in my business and I want to be like. So if someone delays a project, I don't love it, but I'm also not going to like be, I know some people like they have it in their contract that if a project is delayed, they charge for that. And I'm like, okay, but also I understand people and I would rather, that's the reason I have repeat clients. It's the reason I have a sustainable business because I also have like a humanity in my business and I treat people like people, not like, give me your payment and like oh you're late five days so now there's a late fee it's like I don't I I don't feel comfortable with that maybe if I was a bigger company eventually that might be something I would have to implement because there'd be more clients 
Yeah. But I don't, I really, I disliked implementing it so much that I actually didn't. And then I made, then I felt worse because I was like, <laughs> now I'm not even sticking to my own freaking terms. Yeah. Um, I wish that we had um, that baked in. Because I think when you're working with corporations, it's a lot easier to be like mm -hmm. kind of an, an a-hole about late payments. Um, but I also know, and I fully trust this, that if you are the kind of artist that has late payments baked in and you like go ham, because I think to implement a late payment, you'd kind of have to like lawyer up. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And or like you just don't get work with them again, you know? And and that's not, I'm not trying to live that life. Um, even though it is like a company, I like I, it has nothing to do with being like, I wanna see the good in everyone. It's just more like, I would like to work with them again because agencies are always switching new contracts. They're always working with new people. And in theory, I wouldn't be suing the corporation for the late payment. I'd be suing the agency because they're the ones with the the money you know they mm -hmm. they get contracts they get you know the the purse strings for the client um it's just not good so we don't implement late fees um i feel like when i had my wedding pretty much every single one of my vendors had kill fees so if for some reason we backed out mm -hmm. um required deposits every single one and had late payment fees so if we were even a couple days late leading up to the wedding we would have to pay them like a 250 or 200 dollar fee which is fascinating because i'm like Ugh, i'm about to get married like i'm a little stressed i'm gonna need you to calm down um but pretty much everyone had that so there are definitely there are certain industries where it absolutely makes sense um it sounds like you and i maybe <laughs> are not in those industries and i know i also know that there are definitely commercial photographers who like that's just part of their contract like they're big enough they are desired enough they work enough where they can do that and they can have a lawyer on hand and they can chase after a late payment fee good for them <laughs> see and okay can i share something a little woo woo about how i approach my okay so Obviously, I work hard. I put action into my words. Let's just get that out of the way, obviously. But <laughs> I also have kind of a like woo-woo philosophy about money in that if I have like an aggressive stance toward it, like everyone's going to pay me late and people are going to stiff me and people are going to take yeah. advantage. So I have to get a fucking huge ass contract and this and this. If I have that attitude, I believe that I create those circumstances. I really do. And I have been using that at I have been using that mindset for almost 10 years of being in business. So I feel like I have some evidence that that like gets around that, that kind of proves that because I really think that if I start to assume that everyone I'm talking to is going to fuck me over and I yeah. need to make sure that every client has this contract that knows exactly like if you don't pay me or I'm gonna hit you with a $200 late fee and blah 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 I actually feel like that's gonna happen and or it's more likely that it'll happen mm -hmm. um so I choose 
a different approach and you know little things like I mean not little but things happen where that woman you know she went bankrupt like okay she couldn't pay me because she went bankrupt that sucks for me but like it is what it is I'm not like I was also in like sort of a desperate place about money when that happened so I think there was something that went that was going on but I do have that mindset. And of course, I have a contract. I do have terms. I'm not like running my business with a fucking fairy wand. But <laughs> I do. Oh, that would be dope. I mean, that would be dope. I yeah. really wish that I could. Um, I always wanted to be Alex Mack, by the way. Yes. Like, I, and really, and this show is just. Was that just, the pen? She, no, she would um, oh. become like a puddle of liquid. Yes. I was thinking of Ghostwriter. Sorry. And she could, I think, use her finger to, like, um, make things happen. But I always wanted to be Alex Mack because, and this shows how lazy I am, I wanted to be able to turn off lights without getting up. Clapper wasn't enough. It ch- that, the clapper didn't work. That's fair. It didn't. I could get now, though they do have those, like, hue lights that connect yeah. to your phone but I'm, yeah they do i'm not ready for that and yet. and they connect to alexa which i had to whisper her name so she didn't wake up oh my god <laughs> fucking alexa she's always around like um yeah so i kind of employ that strategy uh, i mean that mindset i like to feel like i want this feeling in my business where like i can trust my clients i'm not going to like not protect myself but also i'm not going to look at everyone as like a potential enemy that's just looking to like stiff me and take advantage and like fuck me over i just just like that's not how i'm gonna run my business or my life um and i think that that has helped me in that i just don't have that expectation so i'm not looking for it so if someone is a few days late i'm like they probably are busy, you know? And also, I have also changed my business a lot where I'm never in a position where if one person doesn't pay me, I'm in a situation. Like, I never want that feeling again. So I've kind of like reworked my whole financial system so that if I don't get paid, even like if someone's two weeks late, I'm still like, I'm okay. They'll pay me when they pay me. Um, It's not the best feeling. I don't like having to remind people, but whatever um i these are just like things i've put in place for myself because i want to like have my sanity and not have just like a super stressful because like those same the same people and this is what i saw as a pattern the same people that were like you need contracts and you need this and you need to protect yourself and you need a late fee they were the most fucking stressed out people I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to be you. Like, I don't want to be you. So I'm not going to follow your advice. I'm going to do my own thing. That's just some real talk. I feel like you could teach an entire online class about just like how to not approach this stuff with an unhealthy perspective because honestly everything you're saying I agree with and I'm in such a precarious position that I cannot do any of that. <laughs> Like, right. Like I'm just at a point where like I'm, I am waiting for a payment, which I'm not, it's not overdue, but I'm just waiting. And so I'm like in the anxiety space Mm -hmm. and I have been approaching every small thing that comes my way with an anxious, like desperate, you know, 
Like, what can I do? How can I fix this? Tell me more. I've got this ready for you. Like, even in my emails, I can feel it. And it's hard for me. I mean, I can say that right now with the perspective, but in the moment, I don't know how to, like, calm the hell down and be cool. Um, yeah, it's so, I mean, I appreciate that we're both at very different places while having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> because I, that is not, I don't know how to do that. Like, I definitely freak out. And again, like, I at least freak out through, like, a medium. I can at least freak out to my agent and be like, I'm not okay. This is not okay. What the fuck? But, and then he goes to them and is like, hey, just checking. (laughs) But it's really, you don't want to feel the feeling of having freaked out. And I do. Like, you know, I'm at a point. uh, This was another thing that I thought might be interesting to talk about. But, like, how do you predict a dry spell? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and, like, what do you do? I mean, I I am currently at a point where, like, I don't have the savings cushion because it went away, you know? Like, I think at a certain point, you can only – for me, I could only predict out so far, personally. Um, And and then that point came and went, and I was like, well, shit. Like, I, I made it for the three months that I had predicted and saved and cushioned myself, and now here we are six months later. Um yeah, I I personally don't know the answer because I'm I mean again I'm like getting a job. So that's where I'm at is I guess I'm going to get something that's a little more steady to help calm this tension and anxiety. Mhm. I mean, it's all different phases of life though. Like Yeah. I mean, you know, and maybe the you know, listeners at home don't know how much this is like I sound very confident, but it's like hard-earned wisdom. Um, yeah. it, it's like painfully earned wisdom of years of just doing things, making mistakes, putting myself into situations with my business, with money and with getting paid that I was like, well, I can't fucking do this anymore. And so, you know, I also think, though, there's a time where you do kind of say, OK, my system or what I've been doing and what I've been offering is no longer working because yeah the thing with what we're both doing is it's a transient work like i mean if for example if a lot of your money is coming from being an influencer but then instagram changes the algorithm so much that your work is not getting into as many eyeballs and your audience isn't growing because of that that's like a real thing to consider um so i just want to say that because it i don't want to be crass about the Mm -hmm. fact that like it can be a huge struggle and this is i'm in a place right now where i do have stability but just a hundred percent knows that i didn't for so long and like yeah every time we met up to like go to disneyland and that was like my one thing that i allowed myself to give myself <laughs> um yeah and even that i was like i can literally only buy a corn dog today so um yeah. let's just like chill um i have not always had this but I can speak from a place of wisdom because I this, this isn't just luck. I changed a lot to get to this place. But so to weather a dry spell, um, I think in any good business, you can know your trends. Like, for example, I know that in January um, and February, it's very slow because yeah. people have just come off the holidays. They don't want to spend money to improve their business. Tax season sucks. Nobody ever wants to do anything. But then post-tax season, it's so busy. 
essentially what I do is basically like go into I'm going to be in hibernation mode. And so I either like take on a client very early on that can like weather through that um, or I just like start running a promotion like um one year I did online workshops and made like $10,000, which like covered a lot because I knew, oh God, December and January are coming up and these are my totally. worst months. And I, so yeah. I have to start thinking about it like in September, you know, where I'm like, yeah. damn, I, it sucks to think about that. But like, I think that's how I do it. And then I have to cover myself through that. Um, but a lot another of um, thing that I hear people say is like open your print shop right before the holidays because your print shop money will oh. sustain you through the first quarter if you're doing like art of any kind. Um, so yeah. photography or or illustration, um, getting a print shop up and running might actually sustain you for the first few quarter one dry months. Yeah, I also think that. I will like there's a difference between acting desperate and then actually being desperate and I think it's yeah. okay to be desperate because it's um this is another mom um adage yeah. <laughs> is um she like believes that sometimes desperation can be very very um like uh motivating and totally. it makes you hungry and so there's a lot in the past where I have had to like get over a dry spell where like I will literally take anything and just because it's money I'm fine with it like yeah I just change my mindset like I don't get as precious about my work as I do when I'm more busy when I'm more busy and I have a cushion I feel free to like say no to things that aren't a good fit but totally when things come in and I'm like okay you need a logo for like I will do it because I need to cover a bill I'll do it for like a very small amount just because I want you to say yes. That's just like how it, yeah. I mean, I, and that doesn't always work though. Sometimes the jobs just don't come. Like, and that means totally. it's time to like take a real hard look at it. Like to, you don't have to be in business with yourself forever and you don't have to have a job, a salary job for forever. It's just different seasons. Yeah. Well, and I find putting myself out there, like sharing with my network, what, has been going on like resulted in a couple things coming my way and for me getting into that vulnerable space was an extremely hard thing to do um, even though I watch other artists do it constantly when they're in a tough spot and so I will say don't underestimate the value of your community and the people that you've surrounded yourself with in wanting to see you succeed and finding some way to help you like in a in a tough time to help you achieve you know anything really I, I think my network has been a pretty invaluable place to turn to and and even though it's it's been it's been unexpected people honestly it hasn't really been my other commercial photographer friends it's been people who do have steady jobs or maybe do some side gigs that have come through to help me through this dry spell so yeah definitely reaching out is never a bad thing if you're if you are in a desperate place well I think that's a good point and I think we can probably um end on this but it's really important to if you're in a dry spell if something's going on 
it's like important to not feel shame about it or like yeah. attribute it to too much failure of like oh I failed it's just like you need to reassess you need to reassess change yeah. direction offer something different see what your heart is telling you and like ask maybe ask for help you know like a lot of times we don't ask for help we don't make a change or anything because like we have pride and we're ashamed yeah. of what it will mean but it's like it doesn't mean anything it just means that like things are changing in your life and you need to like change with it like why we think everything grow we know everything grows everything changes and yet sometimes we don't allow ourselves to like grow and evolve with our careers too, especially when it comes to like our feelings on money and what our comfort totally. level is. It's like, it's okay um, to be like, you know what? This is the thing that worked for five, 10 years, whatever. It doesn't work anymore. I'm gonna take a break from this. All right. Like, I mean, easier said than done, but. Yeah, totally. It's okay also to like, Give yourself permission to be to not be a failure. Like it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what a good talk! That was a good talk. That was lovely. I really love that we're in such different places, but like, yeah, me too. Really, I mean, I don't love being where I am, no, but I, I agree. I, know. I understand. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's good. I I like having these conversations with two very different perspectives, and hopefully, our listeners also enjoy hearing us coming from two different places so yeah um yeah thanks for thank you for tuning in once again to feeling feelings um you can find us at feelingfeelings.co and you can subscribe um from there to any number of services we're working on spotify sorry about that maybe by the time you listen to it it will have happened maybe. i don't know their process is confusing and doesn't make any sense <laughs> bear with us get it together spotify <laughs> Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Please, as always, review us. Say nice things. We like, I'm not going to lie, I refresh your reviews at least once a day. Sorry about it. I'm just like that. I have anxiety. So. Sorry. Sorry about sorry, it. Sorry. Well, <laughs> and outside of the reviews, feel free to jump into any of our social media channels and comment or participate or if maybe I don't know for some reason you don't subscribe but like you like listening to the episodes on our website that's fine do that but be sure to follow us on Twitter or Instagram to know when a new episode goes up yeah definitely well thanks for listening thanks Jess for this amazing combo yeah thanks Jamie for making me feel better and inspired and excited to get that money